What's up, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the faction powered by Bonnerfide Radio. It's your man, GB, and we're back for another great conversation about the world of pro wrestling. What I love about this sport is there's really never a dull moment, and if there is, there's always us, so it's never dull. Absolutely. I'm not by myself, of course. My good brother's with me. Courtney Beard, what's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It is another Wednesday of the faction, but this time, your boy is in the Mid-South. Aha. Mid-South territory you are. Not Texas wrestling today, but you're doing the whole Mid-South situation. No, no. I'm, I'm out here in Lawler, Bill Dundee. I actually was looking downtown for Bill Dundee. He better not let me see him. Oh, wow. No. There will be some problems. Please tell me you would not hurt the uh, elderly Bill Dundee these days. Well, listen, Bill Dundee has said some uh, some unfavorable things about the Von Erickson. Somebody got to pay for it. Oh. Well, and seeing, somebody has to pay. Seeing that none of them except Kevin are still here, <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's up to Courtney Von Eric. Yeah, to, uh, gonna be the Black Von Eric, <laughs> dude. But 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 listen to this though. Not only does Bill Dundee still wrestle at seventy five, which is crazy, Bill, which is crazy. Bill Dundee still wears the black underwear uh, wrestling tights. Wow. He hasn't even transitioned to long pants. Oh gosh, is he still wait? Is he still feuding with Jerry Lawler though? Of course, he probably is. <laughs> that ain't going nowhere. They're gonna feud forever. Oh my gosh, that is absolutely jeez. Crazy. I mean, think about this. His his uh, his son in law's name is, is Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton's old man. Wait, Bobby Eaton is Bill Dundee's son in law. Yeah, he married his daughter Donna. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. so you figure if, if Bobby Eaton is old, then you know Bill yeah. Dundee is older. Yeah. Yeah, one of these days we have to do a show on family relations because I think it would be like super crazy. Like most people don't realize that Aiden English is Eddie Guerrero's son-in-law, you know, like. And so the unique relationships that exist in the world of pro wrestling, uh, I think, would be fun to to do one day so maybe we'll uh we'll work on that and do that as a fun show man that'd be great yeah that'd be, you'd be shocked on who's related to who oh absolutely absolutely like you know i mean even the whole idea of the heart foundation you know and yeah. realizing how closely related a lot of them were is really and, and me, me breaking the news that i'm courtney von eric oh, is groundbreaking that's huge who knew that fritz who knew the black who woman? knew who knew he did he did uh takisha von eric not Takesha. Why wouldn't it be like Mabel? Because I don't think they were doing Takesha's back then. They weren't making Takesha's back then? They were making uh, back then. Were, were, were they making Gwen's back then? They, no, they, they would have made Gwendolyn back then. Yeah, that would have been Gwendolyn. Yeah, so, Gwendolyn Von Eric. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Shoot. Well, it's been a, a really, really cool week, man. How's the week been for you? It has been cold. So here's Oh, my the God. It's I, so cold. I flew to Mid-South, and mind you, I left WCCW Mm -hmm. uh, territory, which I probably should call River City Wrestling to give the the, uh, Tully and his father some credit. So I left San Antonio, arrived here in Memphis, and the one thing I forgot to pack was a coat. Oh, no. So I wore literally the same outfit for two days because I had a sweatshirt. Yeah. And uh, I'm just winging it because it's like 23 degrees here. Good Lord. So oh, I God. am losing this death match. Yes. 
with uh, <laughs> with Mother Nature. You could use an Inferno match right now because that's oh, kind of crazy. Brother. Oh my God! Turn the heat up all the way up. Good grief! Well, it's cold here in Atlanta too. It's like mid twenties, early thirties, so it's it's cold. See, see, he, 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 let, let's talk about this. The people can't see us right now, but y'all don't realize every show we do, GB's wearing some fresh wrestling gear. <laughs> what is this you're wearing today? I've never seen this. This one. is a New Day sweatshirt. I've never seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's a New Day sweatshirt that I have, and uh, I like to represent the New Day on occasion, and certainly now is as good a time as any, representing the future WWE champion, so... Yeah. Was he on SmackDown at all? He was not. They were in uh, Mumbai, India. They were doing a tour in India, uh, some uh, press stuff, plus WWE's doing uh, tryouts in India as well. So uh, pretty big situation there. It's kind of nice to see that they've continued their relationship with India, even though Jinder Mahal is not uh, the WWE champion, which proved what we said years ago, that he didn't have to be champion because of India. But... That's a whole nother story. We could walk down that whole Jinder Mahal situation uh, as well as he's returned to being the Jinder Mahal we knew him to be before WWE champion. Uh, he oh, was, before Royds. Well, oh, well, there's that too. I mean, he, he doesn't look the same. No, he, he does not. He admittedly does not. Well, certainly, we had a lot of fun here on last week's show. Uh, if you guys missed it, you got to stick with us because I promise you, some really, really cool things went down. So go back, check out last week's show, which you can check out uh, certainly by way of podcast on iTunes and Google Play. You can also check it out at BonnerFiedRadio.com. All right, brand new week, brand new episode. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 155 of The Facts, and right here on Bonnerfied Radio, we'll kick things off with the passing of Luke Perry, 90210 star, and how that actually relates to the wrestling business. We also lost King Kong Bundy. Going along with that, that's right, Dusty Rose Tag Team Classics are coming back. We have to talk to Shield Reunion and what happened on SmackDown, and guess what? We have our predictions for Fastlane. But before we do, we came to collect by Theo, Leo Rush. I said Theo Rush, like he's a Cosby. Leo Rush. <laughs> You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. It's me, CGP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of TDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang! Sleeping on him. I, 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 I came to 
me sleeping on him. Without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. That was Leo Rush's I Came to Collect. GB, let's get it. All right. Uh, we're starting off today's show on somewhat of a sad note. Uh, two major losses in the entertainment world, which impact the world of pro wrestling. We'll start with the passing of 90210 star and Riverdale star Luke Perry. Luke Perry passed away at age 52 on Monday after suffering a massive stroke on Wednesday from which he did not recover. Uh, Perry, certainly a, a huge, huge star, certainly in the 90s with 90210 uh, coming back, of course, with his role on Riverdale for the CW. But uh, his connection to the world of pro wrestling is interesting. He served as a guest host previously uh, for WWE on Monday Night Raw when Raw went through that whole stage of having celebrity guest hosts. But he birthed a wrestler, a young man by the name of Jungle Boy, who is currently signed to All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, All Elite Wrestling hosts the son of Luke Perry. So pretty unfortunate moment uh certainly in the world of entertainment and in the world of pro wrestling courtney any thoughts on uh the passing of luke perry man there's this one picture floating around instagram of jungle boy wrestling mm-hmm. and uh they, they, you look up in the left corner and there's luke perry mm-hmm. in the stands like uh it, it it wouldn't shock me if they were at the asylum in that picture because it had that kind of no, Asylum has an upper area yeah. where the wrestlers can stand. Yeah. And there's Luke just looking like the proudest father mm-hmm. that his son is doing what he loves to do. Yeah. Uh, Luke Perry has not shied away from the wrestling business. You mm-hmm. said he made his appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, he is he is the, the, the picture of a generation. Yeah. We all remember when 90210 dropped. We'd never seen nothing like it. Right, right. Here were these rich kids living regular life in them Melrose Place. And, you know, we know that uh, Genius is doing all those shows. But, man, Luke Perry was the, was one of the original. He was our James Dean, yes. if you will. Yes, yes. And so, uh, I mean, if you don't know who James Dean is, guys, then you're missing wrestling people. Because so many wrestlers have come after, I mean, we would not have a Dean Ambrose mm-hmm. if there was not a James Dean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, it, it's just, I take celebrity deaths really tough. So yeah. this one's sad. Yeah, you know, 90210 has a very interesting place in my heart. Uh, it was actually watching an episode of 90210 where there weren't too many African-American characters, but there was one who was running for... Uh, senior class president and his name was Jordan Bonner and that name inspired 
the name for my daughter. I said immediately following that episode, a matter of fact, my brother and I almost got, went to blows over who was going to name their child Jordan first. And I said, no, I love the name Jordan Bonner, but it would be amazing for a girl. That came because of 90210. Uh, so Luke Perry certainly major, major role in a lot of our lives, and he will certainly be missed. And uh, definitely our thoughts and prayers go out to Jungle Boy. Listen, one thing you never want to do in life is lose a parent. Um, you know, those things happen, and it's just never, ever fun. So uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to family of Jungle Boy and Luke Perry. A even more direct connection to the world of pro wrestling, the loss of King Kong Bundy, which happened uh, this week as well. Really big loss in King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy, a major, major part of the world of pro wrestling. Many may not remember, but King Kong Bundy was a part of what was originally known as the Legion of Doom along with Jake the Snake and the Road Warriors. Uh, when he came over to WWE, he became a part of the Heenan family and came to prominence for a couple of significant significant moments. He was part of the very first WrestleMania, uh, where he scored the fastest win in WrestleMania history, nine seconds against <laughs> SD Special Delivery Jones. Oh, ah, oh, you gosh. so don't like SD Jones. I don't because SD Jones was the only African-American wrestler we had for a while, and we knew he was hardly ever going to win. But uh, King Kong Bundy would come back at WrestleMania 2 and be involved in the main event of WrestleMania 2 out in L.A. against Hulk Hogan in that infamous blue steel cage. He was also a big oh, yeah. part of uh, Andre the Giant's haircut. If you remember, uh, King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd were a huge tag team, and they attacked Andre the Giant, ultimately cutting his hair, and that really led to kind of the WrestleMania 1 match between Big John Studd and uh, Andre the Giant. WrestleMania 3 King Kong Bundy was involved in one of the most unique matches, a handicap match where he and a couple of the uh, smaller wrestlers, we'll call them, took on Hillbilly Jim and his group of smaller wrestlers. And the match ended where <laughs> Bundy, in his 450-pound <laughs> self, actually elbowed one of the little people. Uh, before yeah. we had Big E looking for a five-count in NXT, King Kong Bundy looked for the five-count. In fact... He would have won the WWE Championship on an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event when he got the three count over Hulk Hogan, but insisted on a five, and Hogan kicked out at the four. So some major, major memories of King Kong Bundy. He was a part of pop culture as well, well represented on Married with Children, uh, certainly in the 80s and 90s, so a big, big loss. Your memories and thoughts on King Kong Bundy. Well, I remember King Kong Bundy from when he actually was called Chris Canyon, uh, and he had hair. Mm. Yeah, he was the very first Chris Canyon. He had hair back then, and he was a much thinner, more athletic version of himself. Wow. He used to wear these purple onesies, and uh, that was an interesting look on him. Yeah. But, like, you know, we, we, we begin to know him in the 80s, which isn't fair because... We knew Andre. We didn't know the more athletic Andre. Sure, sure. We knew the more standstill monster. You know, Vince was into his monster standing still. Mm -hmm. We knew the Bundy who wasn't agile. 
so he was more of a power move guy. But uh, Chris Canyon, back in those days, long hair could move very quick, like the old Big Show. And I remember that doggone blue cage that I hated so much when he, that he fought Hogan in. Mm-hmm. It was one of the reasons why I could not like WWE <laughs> because my NWA fought in a cage that I saw every day when I left school. It yeah. was a fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I found a fence when I looked at that blue one and said, I'm offended. <laughs> and so uh, I remember that. I who can ever remember? Man, what was the, the little guy's name? He dropped that elbow on. Uh, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Little Bundy. Yeah, no, it was, I, I'm trying to remember his <laughs> name. Uh, what, what, not the Haiti kid, because it was the no. Other it wasn't guy. the Haiti kid. It was. It was, it was. It wasn't Little Tokyo. No, it was it another wasn't, one. Wasn't Little Tokyo? It might have been. No, little it Tokyo. wasn't. It, no, no, no. No, no Little oh, Tokyo man. went to grab the man out. <laughs> little Tokyo Haiti kid was like, save your boy. But oh, man, gosh. Bundy dropped all 500 on him, bro. He really did. He really and, did. And, and then. It was going to drop the leg drop on him. Yeah, he was. He was. It would have been the leg drop hurt around the world. Luckily, <laughs> Hillbilly Jim came and threw that big right hand. Oh, my gosh. But uh, what, what's sadder to me, man, is this, I guess, coming off the heels of Luke Perry, is Bundy was only 61. Yeah. Yeah. So that lets me know, man, that, you know, back in those 80s when was he was Little killing Beaver. it. It was Little Beaver. Little Beaver. Yes. Man, he man, he almost killed Little Beaver. He really did. But if guys go back and watch where he body slammed Little Beaver. <laughs> oh, I'm not certain. And if you know wrestling, I'm not certain Little Beaver's legs feet hit before his back did. Yeah, because he had to travel a distance. Oh he had God! To and he a just he just picked up momentum, man. Bundy just it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. Oh my God! So. Bundy, we love you, man. Yeah. I forgot about the five count, too. I did. Yeah. That was epic. Yeah, it was absolutely epic. And uh, the unfortunate thing is King Kong Bundy is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. So uh, Should he be? Yeah, he should be. Okay. I'll tell you why. I think uh, he should be. First of all, he was a very agile big man. I mean, even in WWE, his finishing move was the avalanche where he literally ran from one side of the ring into the corner and squished you in the corner. That took some agility for sure. Um, You know, he was not... uh, And in the era where, you know, Andre the Giant was not as mobile, uh, it was rare to see an agile big man like him. You know, uh, without him, I don't think we would have seen the next phase of that in a Bam Bam Bigelow or in a Big Van Vader. Um, Ooh, you know, so now them brothers could move. They could move. They were the next level to what King Kong Bundy was. Think about what the super big men were way back in the day. You know, when you had a Haystacks Calhoun at six hundred pounds, who didn't have to move a whole lot because he was six hundred pounds. You know, hey, you you know, while we're talking about, you know, who else could move was Viscera. He could. He could. Viscera could move, man. He could. Uh, and he he did some he did some good work all things considered, you know um, he did a roundhouse kick which again a man at six nine five hundred pounds uh, shouldn't leave his feet to do but he did so so yeah. you you want to see Bundy in the hall I think Bundy should be in the hall because again what he did uh, a major villain you know here's a guy who had several programs with some of the biggest names in the business Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. During the heyday of pro wrestling in the 1980s, uh, he ended yep. up becoming a pop culture phenomenon. 
being a part of Married with Children, you know, which again, during that time, really only Hulk Hogan was doing stuff uh, in the mainstream. So to see a King Kong Bundy do that, I think he's earned his spot. Now, since we're talking about spots in the Hall of Fame, uh, the latest inductee uh, to be announced uh, in the 2009 cla- 2019 class uh, of WWE's Hall of Fame is Tory Wilson. Tory Wilson goes in alongside Degeneration X and the Honky Tonk Man. Now, I can't necessarily speak to championships that Tory Wilson has held, but Tory Wilson uh, was certainly a major part of the end of WCW. That's where she really got her start, along with Stacey Keebler, and then made her way over to WWE during the phase where the Divas were certainly on display. She's gone on to a very successful post-wrestling career as a fitness guru who's doing some incredible things for women all across the world. Uh, Your thoughts on Tori Wilson going into the WWE Hall of Fame? Hated it. I, I, I need V. George here to do what he would do on the remix, and he would do this thing. I'm going to do my best. I'll probably do it once and never do it again because my wife will kill me for doing it, but he'll be like, yes. <laughs> I just, man, we're watering the hall down. The, the, the prestige. Here, here's what I go to. Because there's no actual brick and mortar hall. Mm-hmm. If I were to walk through a building and I get to the Tory Wilson section, mm-hmm. am I really that excited about it? Not really. I believe we are doing something to the hall. I believe because we have to have a certain thing, we got to have a woman. Gotta have this, gotta have that. We're gonna look up and everybody and their mama's gonna be in the hall. And and I, I Tori, I mean, and remember I'm a WCW guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't think we can give her that. I mean, uh, uh, no. No, we can't. Go ahead, GB. Well, I, I'm I'm simply gonna say, I mean, I don't believe she belongs in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, there are several others who I don't believe belong in the Hall of Fame, but have found their way in. You know. Yeah, but my question is, what 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 are we doing? Well, are we just are we just filling? I mean, last year, no offense, when with with, with Hillbilly Jim getting in, we had just stooped to a new low because no one could tell me a belt this man held. So here here's the deal, right? Like, I think to your point, I think that there needs to be criteria laid out you know when i think about the rock and roll hall of fame uh the nfl hall of fame the nba hall of fame there are criteria so for instance in the rock and roll hall of fame your career has to be at least 25 years matter of fact it has to you're not eligible until we are 25 years out from your first music release right wow so you know we're not going to talk about the Migos being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for another 25 years or so, you know? So when people were upset about why did it take Janet Jackson so long to get in the hall, 
Well, first things first for Janet Jackson is you had to wait 25 years from that first record. So she wasn't eligible at least till maybe, you know, five, 10 years ago. And then from there, of course, there's a whole panel that votes on a number of, you know, criteria for the Hall of Fame. I think what's making it hard for the WWE Hall of Fame is the criteria resembles, no offense, the BET Awards. We have no idea what the criteria are for how somebody gets nominated for a BET Award. Same for the WWE Hall of Fame. So that means in each of our minds, we have this uh, floating criteria that has not yet been quantified. So you mean to tell me that Tori Wilson did what Beth Phoenix did? Uh, I can't right. say that. Tori Wilson even did <clears throat> what, um, you know, uh, Trish Stratus did. No, not exactly. You know, uh, and there aren't a lot of women in the hall. I mean, so you're talking about, uh, like I said, Trish Stratus. You're talking about Beth Phoenix. You're talking about Jacqueline in the hall. You're talking about Alundra Blaze, Lita. You know, we're mentioning some pretty significant people. Uh, Sonny. And, you know, Sonny wasn't exactly, you know, Sonny never won a championship, but what she did in terms of females as managers. Yeah, you know. Wendy Richter, you know, class of 2010, that type of thing makes sense. Of course, uh, the great Mae Young. And the first woman to be inducted into the Hall of Sensational Sherry, who was the second woman. And the first woman, of course, being the fabulous Moolah, who now nobody really wants to mention. So you're dealing with basically less than 10 women in the WWE Hall of Fame. And now we add China as part of DX, who many could argue would have gotten in on her own merit. But Tori Wilson, of all the women we've mentioned, is the least qualified. So I think, you know, to your point, WWE, in order for their Hall of Fame to be legitimized, they need a brick and mortar and they need uh, criteria. They need a voting body, not just Vince McMahon and Triple H and who they can call that will accept. There has to be, you know, if you think about when the NFL does their Hall of Fame. There's an announcement of the f- who's on the first-round ballot, you know? Like, we know who these people are that are potentially eligible. There's no criteria, so it just... For a sport it, that some deem to be questionable, a Hall of Fame becomes even more questionable if there is no brick and mortar. Yes, we have yeah. a time for the ceremony, but why don't we have a space? Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking over this Hall of Fame roster for the WWE. Uh, it, it really didn't start getting really weird until 20, uh, 2016, 17. Uh, it, that's when it got gets a, a little weird. But, you know, looking back over the years, you're starting with some of those early classes. They were icons, Oh, man. yes. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and even go back to 2009 when I was mad that Coco Beware got in. Uh, you still had guys that deserved it, like Stone Cold, Ricky the Dragon, mm-hmm. Cowboy Bill Watts, the Howard Funks. Finkel, the Funks. Yeah. The Va- and the, think about the Von Erich didn't even headline that class. No, they didn't. They didn't. And that was, uh, I was there that year. That was a very Texas class. 
um, because of course the event was in Texas. Oh. So here's so here's the that thing. Was, this is a very Texas class. Yeah, right. that was Ooh. in Houston. It was in Houston. So wow, the Funks Von Eric Stone Cold Bill Watts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- these are the things that make it questionable. For instance, Bruno San Martino goes in the year where things are surrounding New York. So, you know, 2013, they're in New York. And that's a, and that's a New York team, Donald Trump, yes. Bruno San Martino, Bob, Bob Backlund, Backlund mm-hmm. Mick Foley. Yeah. So what's happening Whoa. here is when you start doing these inductions surrounding location, uh, the location of where mm. WrestleMania will be, and not based on, you know, criteria, again, it's calling things into question. And I think then you are so right. I've never that. noticed that. Yeah. 2015, California, Randy Savage, mm-hmm. Rikishi. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. GB, you have just cracked the code. How did I not see this? So it, it's all very interesting. And so what you end up having to do. So let's think about this. Let's let's just think about this from a business perspective. If oh, a, Dallas, the fabulous Freebirds. Exactly. Oh, I, I, Exactly. The Freebirds get in in Dallas, where, of course, they were huge. But, of course, you get Stan Hansen, Jacqueline, who was a Texas girl. You know, like all of these things, you kind of go, wow. And it, I am blown away right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think about it. 2019, here we are in New York. Okay, so, like... And and the other thing to consider, too, with all of this is if you are as a business are paying for the travel of these people who don't normally show up, it is a uh, smaller expense if you are in town, around town or just a couple of states away to bring you in versus flying you across the country. So I think WWE. Again, this all changes when they get a brick and mortar. I don't even think yeah. it's worth, you know, bringing this thing on the road to every WrestleMania site um, and setting up certain things during access points. No, if you really want to do it right, make it a year-round Hall of Fame where people can come and visit. You can make it a Hall of Fame and museum. And in doing all of that, I mean, you have so many elements and relics that you can put in there that people will travel from far and near to care for. And quite frankly, yeah, go ahead. Can I tell you that uh, for me, the Hall of Fame feels better suited for SummerSlam Mm. in the summer, Uh, especially if you have uh, if you have it at near the location of the museum. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we all know that the museum would have to either be in New York, yeah, or in Connecticut, or in I don't Florida. see the problem. But the, I, because of what they've done with Full Sail, yeah, uh, it, 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 it would make like sense. That. Yeah, uh, and especially if you get Full Sail involved, it could have some of the newer uh, uh, technology as a la the uh, African American Museum. Sure, sure. So, but um, I'm I'm eager to see. I think that there's enough. You know, you could right now go to Ted Turner and say, hey, Ted, uh, we want to do this uh, WWE Hall of Fame. Would you be willing to commit Why 10 million? We, we'll, wait, we'll include. Wait, this is no, no. We don't have to do that. They just signed a billion dollar deal. They got yeah, billions but, coming but, but, in. No, they've mm. got the money. They've got. This is not. Oh, God. This is not a. Okay, I'm not going to say that. But I'll just say this. 
This is not a company that is struggling for money. They just don't have the priority on it. But well, they the price tag of the African American Museum was $250 million. $250 million. And do you think WWE would even remotely come close to spending $250 million on their museum? <laughs> Absolutely They'd not. They'd probably spend, tw- if Vince could do it, he'd do it for $10 million. A- exactly. But, but, if that but reasonably, they need to spend fifty. And, and they could. They're not hurting for it. And they because make it back in a few years. There has to be a venue inside of the museum where yes. they can host some wrestling. Yes. They, they can host wrestling there. And what I also think would be wise to do is if they do it, they can do a, a pay-per-view weekend around whenever you're doing it. I say Clash of Champions. Um, and you do that as your uh, weekend that honors all of that. I think they're doing it because they figure WrestleMania is the biggest time of the year, but I think they're putting too much extracurricular stuff into WrestleMania, and WrestleMania is already a long time anyway. So let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, boy, there's still a lot of news to cover. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're celebrating their 47th anniversary today, and we're going to talk about the card that happened earlier today around that because there is a new champion. We'll talk about that. Plus, Raw, SmackDown, and what exactly happened with Arn Anderson? We're going to talk about that and more because it gets very interesting. But right now, we're going to some music uh, representing Shinsuke Nakamura. It's his theme song coming from Shadows of the Sun. They call it Shadows of a Setting Sun. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. Hey, what's up? This is Matt Stryker, and you are listening to the faction on Bonnerfied Radio. Tagaeta 
Announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, look everyone, Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Pain is in the building. You can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app, available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live listen. right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. Can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise uh-huh. or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, guys, welcome back to the faction. It's Courtney, and that was Shadows of a Setting Sun by Shinsuke Nakamura. That's right, that theme song. GB, let's get some more news. All right, so a setting sun, a shadow. It looks like there could be a shadow uh, and the sun setting on the career, perhaps, of Alicia Fox. Certainly, it happened to Arn Anderson uh, during the week of WWE new releases where they released a number of folks, some of whom had asked for their release. Others were gifted their release, one of them being uh, Hall of Famer Arn Anderson. And uh, we're getting more details about that. Apparently, Arn Anderson was fired because he allowed Alicia Fox to wrestle after she showed up to a house show intoxicated. This is according to Wrestling Inc. And uh, while apparently there were other issues between Arn and Vince, this was the final straw. Now, what they're saying about Alicia Fox is she was offered the opportunity to go to rehab. Instead, she went absent and AWOL. And no one knows what her current status is with the company. But let's have a conversation about this. Arn Anderson being fired because he allowed Alicia Fox to wrestle drunk? What's going years. on here? What's going on here? 18 years. 18 years. That's what Kanye said. Hmm. Uh, 18 Shout years. Shout out to Kanye and his Sunday services, by the way. Oh, I'm really God, enjoying this. killing those. it, man. Yeah, I'm oh, enjoying he's killing this. it. Yeah. How do you get an invite? That's so what I want to figure know. out. That's what I want to uh, Arn Anderson was one of the holdovers from the WCW acquisition. Uh, many of us know it was, uh, I think Jimmy Cornette said this. 
He said, I actually cried tears the day I found out that Arn Anderson would no longer wrestle. Mm. He said, because Arn is one of the best things that ever happened to the business. Yes. Uh, I will say, saddest thing is that Arn never became a world champion. And he did so out of uh, his desire to stay Ric Flair's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. Uh, which God only knows what would have happened to Batista if Arn Anderson were there last week. Right. Uh, Arn probably would have sit vicious him and stabbed him. And uh, <clears throat> but eighteen years there had to be something more going on between Arn and Vince. Yeah. Uh, for him to let him go over this, mm-hmm. my thought is this: Arn's going to AEW. Arn's built for AEW. I think that they will. I'm not saying he'll be an agent. But I'm definitely saying that the grandson of a plumber will look at him and say, your mind is worth us talking to. Your mind is worth us hearing you out. I'm not saying he's day to day. I'm not saying he's on the road because they have Billy Gunn for that. But what I'm saying is that you don't let Arn Anderson sit at home. Now, what I'll tell Arn Anderson is this. Arn Anderson, go to Best Buy and spend $800 on a computer. Then go over to Guitar Center and spend $300 on a microphone. Because you, buddy, are going to make a lot of money in the podcast world. Because who has more access to stories than you? Because you lived them. So you don't have to work for anybody. But I don't think Arn Anderson will sit on the sidelines. I do hope he loses weight, though. So it's funny because initially when I heard of Arn Anderson being released, I figured it was a slam dunk for AEW. But when I hear that Arn Anderson, working for the largest wrestling company in the world, chooses to let an athlete get in the ring drunk that's irresponsible i'm not saying he can't recover from that but i don't think aew signs him immediately i think there has to be some sort of uh time there has to be some conversations something i need to understand why one of the original four horsemen who (laughs) understands this business like none other would make such an irresponsible move as that. Like, that's Well, because Arn has wrestled drunk before. But here's the deal. Okay, Arn is a guy who's clearly demonstrated he's known what to do with in the ring. I'm going to say this at the risk of sounding whatever. If you're dealing with an Alicia Fox who's not the smoothest in the ring, I don't know who she was wrestling, but I can tell you there aren't a lot of women that I would trust in that ring to deliver a great product night in and night out. Certainly not an Alicia Fox sober, let alone an Alicia Fox intoxicated. Um, That could have gone horribly wrong. And I mean, we could be having a far different discussion today about a wrestler being paralyzed, a wrestler being dead because of a drunk Alicia Fox. So I think... For Vince to fire him, which Vince had no choice, I feel like. I mean, uh, I, I just I don't know that AEW scoops him up immediately. Now, to your point, I think they definitely could utilize his mind, but I think you also have to ask some questions. Why would an industry veteran like him, who's been in the business 30-plus years, why would he allow someone? Dusty would have never done that. You know, so we got to ask ourselves some questions here. Uh, I don't know where Arn ends up, and I don't know what happens to Alicia Fox. I really hope that she's able to get uh, things together in her life because 
Um, again, I don't think people understand. There are people who fight to get to WWE. And you get there, and for Alicia Fox, who doesn't have to be a world champion, who gets to be completely crazy and still get a great paycheck, don't mess that up. Man, you know, I, I met Alicia Fox about six years ago on one of the Navy vessels in, uh, back in Norfolk, Virginia. Shout out 757 in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. And uh, my friend who worked on the boat said, hey, some WWE wrestlers are coming by to wow. hang out with us on a Saturday morning. And uh, there were only about uh, 40 people on the entire boat because it was a Saturday. Everybody wanted to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And only about 15 guys present. Who walks in? The Miz, John Cena, and uh, Alicia Fox. Wow. And my man, Woo Woo Woo. Uh, Big Show was with them, but when he saw the little cavity he had to go down, he said, I can't fit down there until they took him back to the airport. Mm -hmm. And I have a picture of with me and John Cena. I have a picture of me and Mr. Woo Woo Woo. I have a picture of me and The Miz. And I also have a picture of an Alicia Fox. And I watched her that day. Very so disciplined. They gave us pizza. And she took the pizza, took some napkins, and dabbed off all of the grease peeled the cheese and toppings off and just ate the toppings without eating the carbs. And I said to myself, my God, this woman is disciplined. So I'm interested to see what happened with that level of discipline to make her uh, take a few drinks before she worked. Mm, great question. Lots of questions to be asked and answered. And we'll see, but I'm definitely wishing for the best for all involved. Before we get to the recap, it is the month of March. The month of March in the sports world means March Madness. And uh, certainly the world of pro wrestling is presenting its own versions of March Madness all throughout. First of all, you have in the WWE, particularly in NXT, the return of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Oh, yeah. Eight significant teams in NXT, the winner of which will get an opportunity to challenge the tag team champions, the War Raiders, at TakeOver New York, uh, WrestleMania weekend. So here's how the teams are looking. You've got Mustache Mountain, who will take on the Street Profits. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch take on the Forgotten Sons. DIY takes on the Undisputed Era. And Aleister Black and Ricochet, who have been whipping everybody on Raw and SmackDown, take on Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. Uh, Courtney, who gets the title shot at TakeOver New York? Well, first off, you you saw me complaining online that these uh, brackets aren't fair. They are not. They, that right I mean, side is ridiculous. It it is it is lopsided. If you have ever seen it lopsided mm -hmm. before, mm -hmm. uh, let me see. I'm trying try to pull pull this thing up for for 2019. I would love to say Ricochet and Alistair Black, but it seems like they've been called up. Well, it does seem like, like they've been called up, but you know, these days I don't really know what anything is anymore. And what I mean, <laughs> now, here's why I say that, because Aleister Black and Ricochet still very much referred to as uh, NXT guys. Their uh, graphic on Raw and SmackDown show NXT, even though this past weekend uh, it's believed that they had their swan song at NXT. But you just don't know with the women's tag titles now being defended at NXT. You really don't know. And then uh, I'm, I'm hearing that uh, that uh, Johnny Gargano's out. Next uh, surgery. Champa. Champa, I'm hearing. Yeah, is out. Tommaso Champa, I'm sorry. Yeah. Is out next surgery. Yeah. So we are in, I mean, listen, the, the boys from UK about to come up. So you think Mustache Mountain's going to do it? You think they'll I win think it? They ha I think they, they have no choice. That's interesting. 
I, I, I'm going either with Alistair Black and Ricochet or Undisputed Era. I think either of those two will end up now, battling the now, War Raiders that take over New York. Now, you know how I feel about Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era won the Tag Team Classic last year, so they could Un- repeat. Undisputed Era. Them are my dudes right there. Yeah. I mean, I love them brothers. Yeah. So if they were to win, I, well, you know, you know, your boy John Murray would have called for who would he say? He wants the Street Profits. We know that. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Now, the Street hey, Profits are the minute. current Evolve Tag Team Champions. Yes. You, we, we never talked about this on the show. You went to see Evolve. I did. I did. We didn't talk about this. How were the Street Profits live? Street Profits were fantastic live. It's interesting the confidence that they have. It, it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when they're on NXT, they remind me of the freshmen in college. Uh-huh. But when they're in Evolve, they remind me of the college freshman who used to be a high school senior that goes back to his high school. Yes. Highly revered with a, yes. with a certain kind of swag and confidence. They were aggressive. They did some incredible maneuvers. Uh, and they actually, if you can imagine this, on a card that featured Adam Cole versus Shane Strickland, those guys uh, being the, the Street Profits were the main event. And they closed, really? they closed the show, and they had the go-home speech. So Shocking. It was pretty incredible to see um, them be a part of that. So, yeah, they can do it. I think, though, that in the uh, NXT situation, there are just some other guys that are just head and shoulders above them. Um, yeah. Which is why it can be tough for them. They are certainly big fish in small pond when they're in the Evolve. So it's safe to say that we both believe that Mustache Mountain and Undisputed Era will be the two fighting in the end. I think that would be an incredible final. Um, I, well, I think that'd be an incredible final. It really would. I, I would think love that match is going to be better than Undisputed Era and War Raiders. Well, yeah. Those, uh, well, listen, let's remember that Undisputed Era uh, lost the tag titles to Mustache Mountain last year um, in right. the summer. And then the rematch, which was on NXT TV, was a candidate for match of the year because it was incredible. So for them to get together for a third time, sign me up, count me in. Matter of fact, I'd love for it to be a draw where they end up doing a triple threat at the uh, NXT TakeOver New York. And like they did last year, the winner also wins a tag team classic. I love that. Now, let me just say this. I loathe triple threat matches in WWE main roster, but I love them in NXT because they're just done right. They are. In WWE, I'm afraid somebody's going to get Sid Vicious, Brian Pillman powerbombed or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get but it. in NXT, oh boy. Yeah, it's going to be right. It's going to be Put right. Put more cushion on the edge of my seat because that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so... Kick, uh, the uh, classic kicks off tonight. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic kicks off tonight on NXT television, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you are checking that out. The March Madness continues in New Japan. By the way, New Japan celebrated their 47th anniversary today with a big 47th anniversary show. Saw some pretty significant moments, and we're starting to shape the card for the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden. Uh, some of the big news that comes out of this one is Rapongi 3K, that show and yo, 
defeated Bushi and Shingo Tagaki to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Taiji Ishimori defeated Jushin Thunder Liger in an amazing match to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And it looks like he'll be taking on Dragon Lee in Madison Square Garden for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That's going to be a barn burner, so just prepare yourselves for that. The main event saw Switchblade Jay, Jay White defeat the never-openweight champion Will Ospreay by pinfall in what was a great, great match. And so now everybody in New Japan is getting ready for the New Japan Cup, which kicks off on Friday, March the 8th. So we've got 32 men in the New Japan Cup, which kicks off this Friday. And all of them are battling for the opportunity to be the number one contender at the G1 Supercard, where the winner of this tournament takes on Jay White for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in Madison Square Garden for the G1 Supercard. We've got 32 people involved. Uh, Some of those people include Will Ospreay, uh, Bad Luck Fale, Okada, uh, Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, A first-round match, which I think is going to be one to look out for, is Kota Ibushi against Tetsuya Naito. Yes. What is that about? First-round match. That is crazy to me. That should be the finals. But uh, you've got that. Will will Ospreay and Bad Luck Fale? Well, that. That, that shouldn't be a final, but that that's gonna be a good match. Yeah, but that but but that as Okada versus Michael Elgin first round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got some heavy first round matches, and when you consider again what they're fighting for, a chance basically to main event at Madison Square Garden, something that I don't think any of these folks have had the opportunity to do. Plus, I should also add that a former NXT superstar has made his way over to Ring of, excuse me, to New Japan. That's Nick Miller, who was a part of TM61. Uh, he's now known as Mikey Nichols, and he'll be a part of the New Japan Cup as he will be taking on Hikaleo from the Bullet Club. All right, let me just throw this out there to you. Who do you think comes away? As the winner of the New Japan Cup, I should mention that last year's winner is back to defend, and that is Zack Sabre Jr. Well, let me first start by saying this. Clearly, you cannot age out of this thing because you have a Yuji Nagata who's wrestling, who's 50 years old. Mm -hmm. But then just when you think you got it beat, you have... Manabu Nakanishi, who's 52 wrestling. Yes. So clearly... You know what I'm saying? So the the old guys in New Japan, they ain't going to beat you, but they're going to bruise you. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking at this, and I'm loving Will Ospreay, Mm -hmm. but I'm also loving Kota Ibushi and uh, Tatsuya Naito, which whoever bracketed that is just, I'm sorry, you're a moron. That's crazy. You have Zack Sabre Jr. first round against Evil. Yes. So, I, I man, I... I, I who, who, who do you call? Who do you call? I mean, then you you go down further and you got Goto versus Sonata. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I have to choose one, because you're probably making me choose one. Jeez, I, I mean, I'm 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 going to ride with what I know, okay. and I'm going with Okada. Strangely enough, I'm actually going with Okada as well. 
there, there, think... there, there have been enough changes yeah. in roster where they need a little bit of consistency. Yeah. I think Kazuchika Okada against Jay White for the IWGP Championship in Madison Square Garden. That's got money all over it. Uh, and at oh, the but same trust me, time, he gonna, he gonna feel Michael Elgin though. At the at the same time though, and as I say that, I think about Tetsuya Naito, who is the current Intercontinental Champion, who has already expressed that he wants to hold both championships. Uh, him showing up and winning this thing is a real possibility as well. So I don't know. It is, and and I'm already forecasting ahead that if. Uh, if if uh, Okada wins this thing, it ain't no no walk in the park because he has Mikey Nichols next possibly. Yeah, uh, Nichols I don't think will be too hard, but then at some point there's a realistic possibility that Okada could deal with Will Ospreay. Uh, oh which, my which lord! Would be an amazing match. In fact, that's a rematch of last year's anniversary show at New Japan. So. Yeah, you're looking at some good I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm going to call it that 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 quarterfinals, uh, that I'm sorry, that semifinals. We may be looking at Juice Robinson versus Okada uh, in that semifinals. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh no! Oh no! 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 I'm going to give that to Tomohiro Ishii because Ishii's going to oh, beat really? Nagata. Oh, Ishii's no joke. Oh my lord! Okada versus Ishii would be unbelievable. Unbelievable! Oh my god, Ishii's hard hitting. He is hard hitting. hard hitting. He's tough. He's hard hitting. He is so tough. I'll tell you though, in a tournament like this, God knows we miss Kenny Omega, but that's another story. That's another story. Very true. Very, Very true. true. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Let us. Oh man, I've got couple things we could do here Gosh, you want me to is... give it and then we go to break well we could do that or mm... i tell you what let's 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 do this one thing and then here's what we're gonna do so there was a lot of speculation in some of these uh, wrestling groups here in the internet wrestling community about Roman Reigns. Some have put oh, over the theory God. that Roman, <laughs> uh, this could be a work, etc., etc. Well, uh, he did go. Uh, there's a big special that's on the WWE Network that debuted following Monday Night Raw. He began to talk about the kind of uh, cancer that he has. And one of the things that is kind of unfortunate coming out of it is uh, certainly while he has recovered well, he's now left to deal with arthritis, which arthritis for a wrestler, well, for an, a, a normal person is not good, but for a wrestler, that's really, really challenging. And so the question has come now, how long of a career do we think Roman Reigns has left? Oh. What do you think? Well, I, I I think we're we're in the last two years of it. I I, th- really? I think that wow. yeah, I th- I think he'll try to be as full time as he can until WrestleMania. Uh, if he does what I predict, which is win the belt at WrestleMania some kind of way, uh, he'll he'll have a full time run until the summer. But at some point, I believe after the summer, he'll go to a part time uh, schedule, and I could see him uh, making the transition into movies. As he's made more guest appearances, and also the Rock has featured him in the new upcoming movie, uh, mm-hmm. Hobbs and uh, someone, yeah, uh, from Fast and the Furious family. So I, I could see Rock setting them up for a full Samoan 
uh, movie run, but he'll probably be done with the business in two years. In three years, we'll be putting him in, putting him in the hall. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I do know this that I think that this uh, Shield reunion, which we'll talk about in our next segment, I feel like that is uh, a, another way to be able to mask where he is right now um, yeah because he's just know, not there you saw him there. in the ring he just yeah the, wor- the work there. will be done by seth and dean and maybe uh you know roman will get to come in and do cleanup but roman right now certainly is not the roman that held the championship or the roman that had an incredible string of matches for the last you know year and a half two years so it'll be interesting uh to see what happens with roman but you know, I, I'm certainly hoping and wishing for the best for him. And yeah. uh, if it, if indeed it is two years, I hope it's a successful one. Yeah, it, it, listen, we all 36 will be in Minnesota at that gorgeous new arena that they have. But rumor is, is that 37 will be in Los Angeles at that incredible stadium they're building out there. Mm. And that's going to be the place where they're going to send Roman to the hall in uh, Los Angeles. If your theory, which has held up so far of locations, they have to send Roman to the hall in Los Angeles. Wow. Wow. That'll be very, very interesting. So we're going to Can you a- imagine that? Jeez. Jesus. Rock puts him in. Yeah, Rock will put him in. But Rock isn't in yet. That's an interesting done. That too. Because 37, 37 may have an all Samoan team at WrestleMania. Rock, uh, uh, Roman, they may even throw Naya in there. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Very interesting. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got a lot to cover. It's our Raw and SmackDown recaps. Plus, we're talking fast lane, and I'll update you guys on where we are in our championship. For the faction, we only have two big events left. Fastlane and WrestleMania. Mm, This is going to get interesting. But right now, let's go to some music from CFO. It's the theme song of uh, arguably one of the most popular superstars in the sport, Becky Lynch and Celtic Invasion. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction.
This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonnerfied Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonnerfied.com or via the Bonnerfied Radio app. Bonnerfied Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. This recap of The Remix is sponsored by Domingo Mejor. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, GB, no, no, I don't know no, 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 no. why you did that. Wait, why you did that? What I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. That was a Celtic invasion by Becky Lynch, her theme song. And guess what it's time for? WWE Raw was live from the Philadelphia. That is right, the city of brotherly love. And boy, did the brothers get back together at the Wells Fargo Center. Things were all the way up as Roman Reigns asked Seth Rollins to let's reform the shield. All of a sudden, Dean Ambrose is coming down to, we don't know what he's going to do, but he's attacked by Elias, and his brothers run out and stand over him, basically saying, we have your back. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin defeated the Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, and Kurt Angle. Natalia defeated Ruby Riot, and then they had a little guest come down and sashay up and sashay back down and say, I'm the true Southern Belle. Batista dropped a little video and said, I don't have to be where you are. And Triple H came out and said, guess what? I'll address you. We're playing my game, not your game. I'm going to be at every city. Heavy Machinery came out and they defeated the B team, the Ascension and Zack Ryder and Kurt Angle in the t- tag team uh, gauntlet match. Elias defeated Dean Ambrose, but then them boys, the Shield reformed to decide they wanted to attack Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. And my God, put extra cushion on the edge of my seat because I'm sitting there. They did the fist bump. Tamina defeated WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Sasha Banks. Michael Chain, Colin Jones from Saturday Night Live ran a foul of Braun Strowman and found himself uh, lifted up. Raw Tag Team Champion The Revival defeated Aleister Black and Rick Shea DQ. And then Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey came out and boy gave Charlotte the kick of a lifetime and told the man, little girl, I'm not playing games with you anymore. I'm here. GB, what did you think about Monday Night Raw? 
I have a few thoughts on Monday Night Raw. Number you one, you better be respectful. Well, here's my first thought. My first thought is, where are the writers? Because it didn't feel like Atlanta. I think Atlanta was just a special city. They had a lot of things go right, and we thought it was a major turnaround. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say Raw was a flop, but I will say Raw did not carry the level of excitement that it had last week. Um, well, there were some spots that had like th- there, there were, were two spots. spots. There were Shield spots. and the ladies. Yeah, the, the beginning and the end. The, the beginning and the end. Well, you know what it is. It's like it, you're a, you're a songwriter. You know what they say about songs. They say as long as the beginning and the end are great, the middle, who remembers that? Um, well, the, the problem is we do, and the problem is we get to go back and review and things of that nature. So let me. St- oh God, I have so many places where I want to start. <laughs> But let's let's start with uh, the reforming of the shield. Yes. Um, and and okay, so there's some things that WWE is doing that is inconsistent with what they've done before. Case in point, they are way too vocal about Dean Ambrose and him not signing a contract. The last time I remember them doing that was with a certain CM Punk when he was threatening to leave WWE as the champion and he left with the title. Clearly, they must have known he was re-signing and he did. And where this becomes equally inconsistent is so Dean Ambrose, you announce, has said he's not going to renew his contract. You put it on the website. But when guys like Ty Dillinger and Hideo Itami ask for their release and they post it on their social media, you don't say anything about it. And then when they leave, you say we have come to terms on their release and there's no mention of them on WWE TV again. So now I'm starting to wonder, okay, is he really leaving or not? And is this whole last time for the shield really the last time uh we've been swerved before as recent as monday night and i'll talk about that swerve in a second um but i'm not sure that i'm believing that dean ambrose is leaving couple it with this usually when people are on their way out not only do they lose a lot which he's doing but they don't get nearly as much tv time as he's getting he's on every week And to me, when we know that his contract is ending and he's not renewing, he becomes a potential for another pipe bomb. And granted, he may not be like CM Punk, but he's unpredictable, so he could say or do anything. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know that I believe that this is the end for The Shield. I don't believe that um, Dean Ambrose is leaving. Something significant is going to happen. Maybe he comes back in another form. Maybe he at the end, last moment says, hey, you know, I've reconsidered and I want to stay. But I don't think this is the end for, for Dean Ambrose. Me neither. I don't think so either. And you're right. They're being way too vocal about this thing. Yes. Uh, uh, and it, it, it's, it's, uh, it reeks of work. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. it's the worst work in history. It really is. Because you know, some weird stuff is just going on with that. Just weird. Yeah, weird, weird things are happening, but they're giving the crowd what they want. Yeah. And uh, I, for that, I'm happy. Yes. 
because we had to sit through what we didn't want for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say this. Roman is much thinner he than is. usual. He is. He's not as... Uh, his balance doesn't look as strong. Yeah. When he goes to do that Superman punch, I'm, I'm, I'm a little uh, below thrown off on how he executes and how he lands. Uh, but man, he, he makes you just love him. Yeah. And, you know, he yeah. makes you just love him. And yeah. uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, that, b- before we get to the other thing, I, w- I got a few few things that I just want to hit on. Uh, one, Natalia is still a great wrestler. Yes, she is. God, she's so good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is I've been tough on her, but Tamina is looking better. Tamina is looking slight. I felt she took care of Sasha the other day. I watched the match, and I didn't feel like Sasha's life was in danger at any moment like I normally feel like somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I really enjoyed that. I don't like what they're doing with the revival. The revival yeah. is your modern day Tully and Arn. Mm-hmm. Let's stop this stupidity. But man, I mean, if they're going to wrestle Alistair Black and Ricochet, yeah. they're getting their money worth out of them guys. I agree. They, they really, really are. I agree. I don't know what's happened to Braun Strowman. This is a sad, oh. sad, sad day. Oh. I mean, bring bring back Bray Wyatt and let him and Braun battle each other. That would at least give us some life. Or let Bray what speak has, life into Braun because Braun yeah, is not something. a monster anymore. The Ascension have turned into the, uh, the the Brooklyn Brawler. Yes, they have. And it is a set, man. See, I never watched the NXT when the Ascension was hot. So the other day I was YouTubing and came across a match with the Ascension and NXT when they were hot. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were incredible. They were red hot. They were red hot and unstoppable. The longest reigning NXT tag champions, which is yeah, hard trip- to believe. Triple H basically told Batista, "You're not fighting Triple H. You're fighting Paul." So, so wait. Let's let's hang there for a second because I I told you guys this uh, in our conversations this week. I believe Triple H cut the greatest promo of his life Monday night, bar none. I think you'd be hard pressed to even come close to find another promo that was better than what he cut Monday night. It was emotional. It was raw. It was real. You, he pulled the curtain back on stuff that never gets pulled back. They never yeah. mention Rick Rick Flair's birth name on television. That yeah. does not happen. And if there's one person who can do it, it's him. And he did it. Yeah. You know, um, it it was, it 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 was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. He cried. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, yeah. Triple H. You want to talk, for all the argument that's being made about, oh, my God, it's not right that China gets in the hall as part of DX. I think it's a bigger tragedy that Triple H enters as part of DX. Given all Triple H has done in this business, Triple yeah. H deserves almost a wing on his own. I mean, when you're talking <laughs> seriously, I mean, here's a guy. He he he, he single handedly saved the business. He did. Because he gave they, us you NXT. Know, people are, well, not just that. There are documentaries saying that the Montreal Screwjob was all Triple H's idea. Oh, and I, so he single handedly saved the business. Yeah, well, he saved the business on a lot of Twice. fronts. Twice on a lot of fronts. Twice. Mm-hmm. Think about this: if Bret had left the champion, yeah. We don't know where things will be. 
Sure. Triple H twice now has done the tough thing. Well, he's done. Yeah, I mean, Triple H, he took the fall uh, back in 95, 96 when the guys left for WCW, uh, the whole curtain call situation. Triple H has been a trooper. His mind for the business is unparalleled. And I mean, let's face it, he's the heir to the throne and rightfully so. You could argue that he's one of the most successful wrestlers turned executives ever. Um... He, yeah. It's to yeah. me, it is a bigger tragedy that Triple H goes in the hall as part of DX versus China going in the hall as DX. But that's another conversation. Maybe now, we'll do don't forget on one thing that no one's talking about. Triple H mentioned Reed. He did. He and mentioned he, Reed. He cried. Oh God, he cried. Oh, but this this is the stuff I'm saying. He was able to make this so deeply personal that you're like, this ain't Triple H right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you get that. Yeah. And then you get how Raw ended. So let's talk about that because I have a question that I want to launch. Right? <laughs> and this was I, I, I wanted to put this to the people as a hot take, but we're we're just gonna go with it here, and and then if they want to chime in, they can. And here's the question: Is Ronda Rousey really ready for the main event of WrestleMania? After after Monday night, she is. After Monday night, she is. Rhonda said to the people what we all know, which is, I can break you. I don't have to do what you said. And we've been waiting for... See, Rhonda's addressing some demons. Rhonda left UFC because they were no longer cheering for her. And Dana White said, you need to embrace that. She wouldn't do it, so she took her ball and went home. Well, in WWE, they stopped cheering for her, which uh, I don't... I have my own thought about this and and you know I I love Charlotte. I love Becky. But truth be told, Ronda's worked her butt off the last year. Ronda's has. been on there every Monday. She's gotten better as a wrestler. I saw some idiot write that she only had two to three moves. Ronda has given us a new move almost every pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So is she ready? Yeah, she's ready. Can <sighs> she hold up her end? Yes, yeah, she can. Now the question is is she best for business? I don't think so. I think Becky Lynch. Now, Ronda can't talk worth a doozy, but we ain't watching Ronda to talk. We're watching Ronda to say exactly what she said. I could break you in a second, and all of you know it. And she'll, you're watching her to hear her tell Stephanie, and I don't have to do what you say because I could break you too. So she's ready. So here's the funny part. The funny part is she's not. And I actually thought about something that I thought you would say that I'm surprised you didn't even notice. So, for her physicality in the ring, and it's legit, where I feel like she's not ready is this. They put the onus of the ending of Monday Night Raw on her. And number one, she rushed. She does not know how to do a promo. She, well, I, I she agree with ran, that. She ran through everything. When I say ran through, I mean she talked a mile a minute. Then everything that she did. So here's the problem with that, right? The problem with that is we have to, we need time to sit and deal with it. And maybe she thought in her head, I don't know how to time five minutes. But I remember looking at my watch going, we got four minutes left. She's done talking. She's beat her up. What are they going to do? 
So now, well, now they, they Charlotte it to, tried to save the day. You saw her try to come back in the ring several times. But here's what happened. But it, it was, was so much clear. chaos. It was very clear, number one, that she snapped. I mean, like, she beat poor, oh, my God. She beat Becky like like Becky was in the octagon. Um, and I think that was all that social media stuff that was really getting to her. And she was Becky like, I'm going to never make that shirt the other day, man. <laughs> right. So there's that, but then the other thing that's of concern to me is, okay, you talk too fast, you don't know what you're doing in the things that are going to bring people in, right? So the show ends with the camp with the cameraman literally screaming at Becky, "Hold the belt up, Becky!" Or excuse me, "Hold the belt up, Rhonda! Hold the belt up, Rhonda! Go back and watch it. You'll hear it clear as day." And I'm sitting here going. Rhonda continues to need direction. And then Rhonda tells, hey, I'm tired of pretending. So, like, are you throwing off on this business right now, Rhonda? And here's the thing. I got no problem with her being the the toughest woman on the planet. I got no problem with the idea that she could snap somebody in a heartbeat. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a new layer to what she's presenting to us. But let's let's play this out. If you can't manage closing a show on USA, now I think to myself about Goldberg and DDP ending that Halloween havoc that cost WCW about $5 million because they didn't finish on time. They finished late because you don't understand timing. I feel like Ronda has gotten too much too soon and now that we're coming back, because let's remember, WrestleMania last year, she had Triple H, she had Kurt Angle. She had a bunch of people who could work with her that could take some of the, the pressure off, and she wasn't put on last. The, the way she's carried out this entire promo scenario, not just Monday night, but even on social media, um, what she did last week. And let's just say this. What they did with the women's championship made no sense at all. It was weird. No sense at all. I was like, wait a minute. So first it's vacant. We're going to have a, a match for the title. Ronda shows up and now says, give me my belt back. And you go, okay, here it is. Like, it just it made no sense. Last week when she dropped the belt. It made no sense. So are you telling me that if you don't get your way, you're just going to lay the belt here because they haven't added Becky to the match? So there are so many. That's why I'm like, she's not ready. Well, well, but but then go back then. But it made no sense when Vince came out and suspended Becky. We still have. I agree. That. I agree. So there's a bunch of stuff that's making no sense. But I, I just, you know, if anything, it's a Vince power play, which I can explain a Vince power play. I can't explain what she's been doing. So I don't know. The jury's still well, out. I, but well, I, I, I think that doesn't mean she's not ready for WrestleMania. Oh, but I do. I think that she, I, I, but I don't think so. I, I think that she's not ready for the road to WrestleMania. I well, think wait. she can show up at WrestleMania and put on a good match. But the whole idea that, about the road to WrestleMania is to get me to WrestleMania. And if you completely yes, but, botch that, then no thank but you. But if she had a Heyman, if she had a Heyman or a Talker in her corner, she then she'd be ready. But, but she that, doesn't. But, but we don't know what's going to happen between now and WrestleMania. Heyman's not taking on another client. We don't know that. Oh, we do know that. We not don't while, know not that. while Brock is his client. We know that. 
We don't know that. So let's do that. Pastors are pastoring two churches. We don't know. Oh, Lord. Let's head to SmackDown, which took place last night in a town with a lot of WWE history. I know you wouldn't imagine it, but it really, really does. That's the great wrestling city of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. I know. You don't think about that amongst the pantheon of wrestling cities, but Wilkesbury was home for a long time to a lot of old school WWE moments, WWE cards, and this time they return at the Mohegan Sun Arena at the KC Plaza, which began with the new Elder Daniel Bryan addressing his title match against Kevin Owens at Fastlane, which would ultimately turn into an opportunity for Kevin Owens to take on Rowan. The Miz defeated Jay Uso after both the Usos and The Miz and Shane McMahon cut some interesting promos. R-Truth attempted to represent John Cena again with a <laughs> U.S. Championship uh, Open Challenge, but the difference is he's no John Cena. This time he ends up in a fatal four-way involving Rey Mysterio, Andrade, and Samoa Joe. And guess what? We've got a new... United States <laughs> champion. His name is Samoa Joe. And somewhere, James White is in full, full tears. Mandy Rose defeated Naomi. And we got to have a conversation about that because I have a theory. Ricochet and Aleister Black continue to represent NXT well by defeating the former SmackDown Tag Champions of the Bar. Kevin Owens defeats Rowan via disqualification. And then Charlotte Flair issued a friendly conversation invitation to Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch accepts. It starts out friendly. We knew it wouldn't end friendly. Charlotte started putting the boots and the crutches to her, only then for Becky to come back and end it with a powerful arm bar, which is going to make their match at Fastlane very, very interesting. So before we get to our Fastlane predictions, Courtney, what do you think of SmackDown Live? I thought it was good. But let, let me let me just see, guys. This is why GB is a historian and valedictorian on the show because not many people can remember Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. But let, 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 let me just go the one extra mile to solidify that you know your stuff. WWE superstars of wrestling were there not only July 24th, 1993, but July 31st, 1993. And August 7th, they literally did not leave. Mm-hmm. They just set up shop. They said, we're going to re- record a bunch of television. Tons of SmackDown, Raw, and even NXT and the ECWs have been there. So shout out GB for knowing his wrestling history because that was a very little known fact right there. Thank you, sir. But SmackDown was actually good. Now, I didn't think it was as electrifying in moments as uh, Raw. Uh, mainly because Raw has, you know, the whole Roman craze right now and all that stuff. Uh, but it was it was a darn good show. It was a doggone good show. And for what went wrong with Ronda did not go wrong on SmackDown. And the women did what they were supposed to do until the hour. Mm-hmm. This so is true. I am interested to see. I wonder how much more Charlotte and Becky can give us. Can they be Steamboat and Flair? Can they be Rock and Stone Cold, might I, might I dare? Uh, because Charlotte can, man, Charlotte, 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 Charlotte is just so good. I mean, she literally tried to save the day on Monday, Mm -hmm. but just said, why should I end up bruised? Right. And, uh, she said on that, uh, on that runway, looking as snarky as she can, but she paid the price for it on Tuesday. She did. Uh, the Usos, 
I love the Usos. I do too. They can just talk that talk. They talk that mess like nobody's business. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe clearly is not afraid of the alleged seven footer hanging around with Daniel Daniel Bryan. Keyword is alleged seven footer. And so I thought SmackDown was good. I mean, I really did. I, I thought. I mean, I, I, I'm running out of words to say. They're clearly on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. I do need a little bit more energy, though. And I'm wondering if we're suffering from seeing Becky and Sasha two nights in a row, and if we're suffering from seeing Aleister Black and Ricochet two nights in a row. Well, I think here's what was missing. This is why the show felt different. Kofi Mania was Yeah, absent. very true. Kofi very true. Very true. Uh, was, of course, in India. They're doing some promotions there. And they will be Which back. They didn't need him. They could have just sent the other two. Well, no, but th- there's wisdom to that, I think. And here's the wisdom to that. Kofi just had a major blow happen to him. And I think it was good for him to stay away because when he comes back at Fastlane, which here's the thing, they don't have a match scheduled for Fastlane for him, which means he's going to show up and God only knows what's going to happen. But uh, I do think this. I think Kofi is a necessary part of SmackDown, and they're about to really, really discover that. And missing him, you felt it last night. You really, really did feel it Feel yeah. it last night. But I got a question. What's happening with Naomi? Let's consider something. And I don't know if anybody paid attention to this last night. The fastest match of the night was Mandy Rose versus Naomi. Mandy beat Naomi like Naomi was a local talent, like she was enhancement talent. That match wasn't even five minutes. That match was about as long as old school diva matches were, which made me wonder what kind of trouble is Naomi in. I've been hearing things going all the way back to the Elimination Chamber. If you remember, uh, right that weekend before Elimination Chamber, both her and Jimmy, or her husband, were pulled over uh, for some potential drunk driving. He threatened a cop. It was just not a good scenario. I've heard some not-so-good things happening with Naomi, and it could be that this could all be her punishment. She was the first eliminated at the Elimination Chamber in that tag match, and that wasn't supposed to happen. And now a feud that was hot and heavy with Mandy Rose sees Mandy Rose just annihilate her with little to no offense from her. Something in the milk yeah. ain't clean. Yeah, and Twitter, Twitter's all, all up in arms about it because Twitter, they, they were the first to recognize it along with you, GB. Mm-hmm. And many people are saying, what is happening? One person even suggested after Mania, you should leave and go to AEW. They will appreciate you over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how her and her husband would do separated like that. But people are asking the question, Mandy Rose beats you in record fashion? Come Mm -hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. Considering the night before, Mandy Rose nearly significantly injured the women's champion, Asuka, by dropping her on her head, and the match ended up being stopped. So there's a lot of questions, and they were very careful in their use of Asuka last night as well. Somebody wrote, Naomi jobbing Alicia drunk Mickey at home. I'm over this. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. So with that said, it's time for our preview for Fastlane. The last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. It takes place this Sunday night in Cleveland. And I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, 
I think that's Josh Spiel's spot. It's either Cleveland or it Cincinnati. Is. One of those uh, two places. I don't want to get it wrong because I'm sure he'll let us know. But we're thinking of the you, Josh. Spiel is real. He'll let us know. <laughs> he will let us know. So as you guys know, we have been since the top of the year uh, hosting our faction championship between the three faction boys. Uh, the whole idea is whoever has the most correct predictions from Royal Rumble through WrestleMania will be crowned the inaugural faction champion. Um, the winner is supposed to get a belt and three months of the WWE Network paid for by the other faction brothers. Uh, some have asked what things are looking like in terms of that record. Got to let you know, and then we're going to give our predictions, which become even more important. So, number three is the absent Brandon Clack. He picked the wrong Wednesday to be absent. Um, he's sitting at nine and twelve. He went one and four at NXT Takeover Phoenix, four and five at the Royal Rumble, and four and three at the Elimination Chamber. Then there is Courtney, who is eleven and ten. He went two and three at Takeover Phoenix, five and four at the Royal Rumble, and four and three at the Elimination Chamber. And then there is GB, who is thirteen and eight currently. Uh, he went four and one at uh, Takeover Phoenix, five and four at the Royal Rumble, and four and three at the Elimination Chamber. So now, okay, that's not too bad. I'm only two behind. Yeah, you know, this is not a runaway by any stretch of the imagination between here. NXT TakeOver New York and WrestleMania, anything could happen with this championship. So certainly Fastlane becomes very important. So here are the matches happening at Fastlane, and uh, it's prediction time. Okay, wait. Before I, before I do this, Fastlane is the final pay-per-view before WrestleMania. It is the final pay-per-view before WrestleMania, yes. Okay, I'm ready. So here we go. We've got uh, the following matches. We've got the kickoff match, which I can't believe this is a kickoff match. Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Then we've got a triple threat match for the Raw Tag Titles. The Revival versus Aleister Black and Ricochet versus Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. The Women's Championship for SmackDown sees Asuka versus Mandy Rose. The Women's Tag Titles are on the line as Sasha and Bailey take on Nia and Tamina. The SmackDown Tag Titles are on the line as the Usos take on The Miz and Shane McMahon. The Shield reunites to battle Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Charlotte Flair takes on Becky Lynch. If Becky wins, she gets added to the Raw Women's title match at Mania. And the WWE Championship sees Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. All right, let's get these predictions. Courtney. I'm going to start, and I'm choosing Andrade over Rey Mysterio. I am also saying the Revival are keeping the belts. I'm believing that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in in a DQ with Ronda Rousey. In a DQ. So who wins if it's a DQ? Or are you saying a double DQ? Charlotte Charlotte wins via DQ with Ronda Rousey coming in. Now, I would like to caveat that if they do a double DQ, I want that as mine. All right. Wait, 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 wait. That's why I said you got to make a choice. It can't be both. It can't be Charlotte wins by double by DQ, but then it's a then, double DQ. Then Char- Char- Charlotte wins by DQ, but because Ronda interferes. Okay. 
Um, I'm going with The Shield. Oscar defeats Mandy Rose. The Boston Hug retained the belts. Daniel Bryan defeats Kevin Owens. And the Usos keep the belts. All right. I. Hmm. You have basically the same that I have. Uh, with slight variations, but no, uh, whatever. I've got Which ones? Andrade winning his match in the kickoff. I, I picked that as well. I hate that that's a kickoff match, but I will say that certainly will get people to watch. Uh. I actually okay. I'm gonna do it. I think Alistair Black and Ricochet become the tag champions. Oh boy. Okay. I just yeah. I I think that, and I think this helps to lead to the revival ultimately leaving. Uh, Oscar retains the championship. Okay. Although there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's nervous. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that's nervous. I mean, I have no clue who Oscar ends up battling at Mania. Right. It um, doesn't even matter, seem like. Yeah, the unfortunate thing is there's so much focus on Charlotte and Becky, who are SmackDown girls fighting for a Raw championship, that the SmackDown Women's Championship seems to be lost in the shuffle, which is amazing to me. Um. Hmm. I'm struggling with this. I want to say Sasha and Bailey retain the championship, but Sasha has never successfully defended <laughs> a championship in her career. Um, mm, no, I think I think I think Sasha and Bailey will retain uh, because I think they're going to go into Mania as champions. I don't know if they leave Mania as champions, but I think they'll go in. The Usos retain for sure. And the shield easily. Now, I'm torn here. Because it seems super obvious that Becky Lynch would win this match. But it also seems too easy for Becky Lynch to win this match. Like, we know she's going to end up as a triple threat. Wait a minute. Let me see one thing. How much time (laughs) do we have before Mania? We have one, two, three, four weeks uh, mm, all right, I'm gonna come oh, back. Oh, come to that on! One. I'm coming back. Come to that on, GB. Daniel Bryan easily retains the championship, and then Kofi will come out afterwards to assert himself as the contender. Uh, they're gonna find a loophole. Something's gonna happen. Charlotte and Becky. I do think this match. I don't know if you can say this is gonna steal the show. Because it's going to be a great match, and I think people are expecting it to steal the show. It's going to be a great match. Uh, I'm Okay, I'll just go with my gut. I think Becky will win. Mm-hmm. I think Becky will win. Um, though there's a part of me that wonders if she will lose so that they have to find another way for Becky to find her way to WrestleMania. Because it just seems. I think they're gonna milk this thing. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I just think it's too easy. So, so here's what I'm gonna do. 
No, uh, this is what I'm going to do. Charlotte wins. And I'm not saying by DQ. Okay. I think Charlotte wins. Um, oh, it seems super... It, uh, yeah, four weeks of promoting the, the three of them. No, I think the fight is to see how Becky gets into this mania main event and it may not happen until the week before and my 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 precedence for that is daniel bryan daniel bryan who did not win the royal rumble match ended up losing the second match at proverbial fast lane or elimination chamber to get his shot but still found his way becky's gonna strong arm her way into this match so yeah charlotte wins and it will not be by dq okay there we go all right. Well, uh, one way or the other, we'll probably both end up still be ahead of Clack uh, hey, as we I, fight for the championship. I, I, I don't. I don't want to have to choose if she wins by DQ. You did. You just made the, the choice. You said yeah, I don't that. Want that. I didn't tell yeah, I you to say that. that. Yeah, I just, I just want to say that Charlotte wins. Okay. All right. I'll give that to you. I'll let you make the change. Okay. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, certainly want to hear what you guys have to say about your choices and who you think is going to end up winning the championship. Because, again, we still have NXT TakeOver New York and WrestleMania itself, which will help determine the faction championship. And I hope you guys are planning to stay connected to us by way of social media. When I tell you we got some cool things coming, some really cool things are coming. But here's how you can reach out to us. Speaking of social media, this is how you can do that. Courtney. At C Major Beard on Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. I have enjoyed dialoguing with you, especially the new people. Yes, and you can reach out to me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. Shout out to all of our new listeners and followers who are joining us from wherever in the world you are. Thank you for connecting with us. We love this sport and we are loving the dialogue. And we have more great things coming your way so make sure you're following us at the faction show on instagram and on twitter coming soon to a few other places near you but until then it's courtney it's clack it's gb and we are the faction the gateway to greatness